Hi everybody, the George Wilder. Hi everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right. <laughs> okay. 
We're back. Okay. All right. That's enough. Okay. Quiet. All right. Uh, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. This is, I mean, this, if you think about it, this is just about the last leg of August um, 2017. Yeah, August is going pretty fast. So if you know, if you're podcasting this show at an earlier time, at a later time, earlier time, whatever. Um, yeah, this is, this is uh, actually... The year is going by fast. I mean, it, it's just zooming right by. You know, next thing you know, it'll be Thanksgiving, Christmas, 2018. So it, it's it's um, it's it's going by pretty fast. And uh, it's phenomenal how these years just go by pretty fast. And you say, what have I done? The year's gone by months and days and decades. What have I done? <laughs> uh yeah you want to try and do something um creative do something you know wonderful especially when you're doing something for someone else it, it's a great feeling you want to you want to do something you want to leave something behind and say hey wow sarah brown was here look look what she's done and i try to tell people that uh you know we're all gonna die there's no doubt about it there's no stopping it it's in it's inevitable it's coming but we don't have to die and leave nothing behind. If you're going to die, we're going to die. Uh, leave something behind. Leave something behind that other people can remember you by and say, hey, wow, Sam was here. Hey, wow, Deborah was here. Hey, wow, Tanya was here. You know, just leave something to say people, uh, to tell people that you are here that, and that you've uh, contributed. Just think of all the dead celebrities. And think of all the dead authors, the dead writers. And think of it this way. We're still reading their material, their writing. We're still watching their movies, even though they're not uh, they're not alive anymore. They've been dead and gone for a long time. But, but they're still remembered because they've left something behind uh, uh, when they die. You know, they left something. I, I can go back and listen to, to a lot of to a lot of music, I love music, as you can probably see that. Um, I love music, I love it. And a lot of the uh, people that I've loved have passed away, but I still listen to them. I still remember them. They they may be dead in body and mind, but they're <laughs> musically and, and um, uh, they're not, you know. So uh, even some of my best the best authors in the world. I mean, I, I I I only read the best. I try to just read the best. Majority of the authors that I read, these people are gone. They're passed away. But you and I are still reading their material because they've left something behind. I mean, uh, you know, I love music, as I just mentioned. And majority of the music, uh, uh, the majority of the artists that I love are passed away. And I think the music of the past... Uh, some of the greatest music of all time. The music of 2017 and 2018 and 2019, give me a break. You know, I got nothing against those people. I <laughs> I do what <laughs> I do respect their talent, even though it, I'm not there. You can call me an old fuddy duddy, you can call me not in touch, but I'm an I'm an old school guy. I love music. I've always have, you know, and I always will. And I used to be in a band and stuff like that. And, you know, and I still play, you know, 
I, and I still make music and I still write it, you know, because I love it. I grew up with it. I mean, <laughs> I think I came out of, uh, I think I was, I think on the first day that I was born in the hospital, I think I got up out of the hospital bed, out of my mother's arms and ran down to the record store or the CD store, as they would call it now. And because <laughs> I was just crazy about music. I still am, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, if you're going to die, you're going to pass away. We're all going to die. We're all going to pass away. Just We just have to try to live the best we can and do what we can and, you know, uh, leave something behind, you know, leave something behind and say, hey, wow, she was here. Hey, wow, George was here. Look at all those books. He was here. But yeah, but he's dead now. Yeah, but he was here, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm saying this in a positive way. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it and uh, – so create something. Be creative. I think everybody has a talent. I do. I really think every individual on the face of this earth has a talent. But a lot of people do not do not utilize their talents. They, they let their talents just go to waste. And a lot of people do that. You know, Everybody has a talent. Everybody can do something creative. Everybody can be creative. You know, you just got to you just got to find what you're creative at. What what what? What do you want to do with yourself? Now, you got people out here, they don't want to do a damn thing with themselves. Well, then that's them. I mean, if they, <laughs> if they don't want to do nothing with themselves, doesn't mean that you have to want to do nothing with yourself. You know, so. All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We have no guests today, folks. We have no guests. I didn't schedule anybody uh, to be on the show today. And um, that probably was an oversight. By myself, or, or I could have intended not to do it. But anyway, guest or no guest, 347-857-1762. You're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on, on Blog Talk Radio. But I'm looking at the schedule as I'm looking at my the marquee here. And we are booked up for next week. So, you know, so. All righty. Uh, the news is that Barcelona Spain, a van driver plowed in another. I mean, this is happening too much. Another driver plows into a crowd of people. And this was definitely a terror, terrorist attack, they, they're saying. But I think what happened in Charlotte, Virginia was also a terrorist attack, okay? It may not have been ISIS, but it was um, domestic terrorist. You know, but now we, a day or so after, uh, Virginia, I mean, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, we have Barcelona, Spain. You know, I think one person was was uh, killed in this thing. And I'm, I'm hearing that the people who perpetrated this horrendous crime are in custody, in police custody. That's a good thing. I mean, you got people out here doing bad things, killing and murdering people, uh, you don't want that ha to happen, but if it does happen, it's nice to know that the police have caught these scoundrels, you know. And this thing that happened in Barcelona, Spain, uh, they're saying that ISIS was involved. ISIS, uh, they're claiming responsibility, you know. So uh, what about Donald Trump? He is sworn to take out ISIS. He's sworn. <laughs> This guy and during his campaign and even his early uh, time in office said that he was going to crush ISIS. 
Donald Trump just pulls stuff out of his ass and say it, and the world just reacts to it. You know, and that's all Donald Trump does. But anyway, this thing in Barcelona, Spain, and uh, plowing a van in in a crowd of people is just wrong. This thing in Bar- uh, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia is wrong. It's just hate, man. It's just hate. Hate is all. Hate is everywhere. Hate is online. I mean, you've got haters online spreading their hate. I'm hearing that the uh, CEO of Facebook is trying to uh, eliminate, find and eliminate and delete a lot of these hate uh, groups online, especially in Facebook and Twitter. I mean, they're there. They're spreading their message online. I mean, they're communicating with their followers online, these hate groups. And the thing about it, you have hate in the White House. Uh, Steve Bannon, uh, Donald Trump, and a few more people in the White House who are also alt-right. And this is just awful. It is just awful. Hate in the White House. Donald Trump, (laughs) this guy is just not good for America. The Republicans know it, but they will not do anything about it. Oh, it's it's uh, that's unacceptable for what Trump has said. That's unacceptable. Yeah, Trump is unacceptable. And they still do not do anything about it. They have the power to impeach him. But I'm going to say this. If Trump end up being in office in November, on November, in November, I should say, 2018, when the um, Democrats, I'm thinking of the Democrats during that time, it's going to be a tsunami uh, taking place, and the Republicans in Congress will be wiped out, especially the House. They're going to be wiped out. I'm hearing uh, Paul Ryan has a strong running mate. Get his ass out of there. You know, so basically what I'm saying, if the Republicans refuses to impeach Donald Trump right now, and he's and Donald Trump still winds up in office during the uh, midterms elections for November 2018, and Democrats uh, end up getting more seats, the Democrats are going to impeach Donald Trump. They're going to impeach him. They're going to throw him out because they want to do that right now. You got some Republicans who want to impeach Donald Trump. The American people want to see him out of there. Impeaching Donald Trump does not mean this. Impeaching Donald Trump uh, basically means that he's going to be reprimanded. <laughs> reprimanded. Uh, the only way Donald Trump can be impeached that is that both uh, chambers of the House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives have to vote for impeachment. But impeachment is better is better than nothing with this guy. Impeachment does not mean he's going to be kicked out of office. It could in some cases, but sometimes it doesn't. It just means he's being reprimanded. You know, he's being punished somewhat. 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It's a great day in the city of Chicago. It's been it's been cloudy and rainy, but hey, it's been beautiful. And you you got to take whatever you can get, especially especially when we when I think in in the city of Chicago. When I think we've had a great great summer. I mean, it's just been awesome. All righty, here's Anna Navarro on Trump. Let me talk to Donald Trump and explain to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it and both are frank, frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my That's party, to the Republicans again, huh? who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. <laughs> Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral cl- clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation no bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. And if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again. And, Governor, here's here's what what folks are saying. Um, Those comments today that were at Trump Tower, in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015, by saying this. When Mexico sends its people... They're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. So, Governor, you know, the folks who his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent. He hasn't changed, should, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today. They expected it all along. What do you take what issue do you take with him by saying just what he said? The fact of the matter is, being a border governor, we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us. We know that the drug cartels are down there. We know that the rapists are coming across and then they go to sanctuary cities and then they head back and then they come back here again. You know, this is America. The American people ought to be protected also. And I'll let you respond to that as as, rhetoric as a Latina. Again, again, uh, again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that you're exactly right. 
He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curiel. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women. Over and over and over again, he showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans, look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy. And he did. But that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He yeah. is not going to change. And it is time that Republicans start realizing yeah, and, that and stop giving him a damn chance. He's not going to change. He will continue embarrassing us and making us feel ashamed. Governor, and, and Governor, you're okay with everything he said today? I am, I am, from everything that I heard, I don't have a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of this rhetoric is all sour grapes because it's just continually coming through, um, the networks and she was a lousy uh, across our president. country, and he was duly elected. He is uh, the president of the United States, and duly for people elected. to use some He's of the verbiage president. that they've used, Anna is in a Republican, a longtime Republican. Is destroying by the way. our. I understand that. I, now you lost my. I lost. You said my that. So, you said it's destroying our president. We need to. Pardon. I was just trying to help you complete your thought. <laughs> It's just, it's, the, it comes across, it she sincerely can't. comes across that everybody's <laughs> candidate didn't win, thought. so they just want to go after the president on every little issue. There's code words, there's dog whistles, there's, you know, this and this, that. I mean, my God, I've lived, again, a long time, and I've never, ever seen uh, part of our country behave in this manner to this extent. It's over the top, and it's disturbing. And so many There are people who are watching, Governor, uh, who will say that they, they sounds like you're talking about Donald Trump and those people who were out there with torches the other night. Well, those are bad people. Those are bad, bad people. I mean, nobody's going to say like that the Donald Ku Klux Trump. Klan carrying tiki lights are good people. Nobody should say that any well, president said is, that today. He said there were some good people either. out there. Let me, just, let me just say this. I do not think well, you can ask any American. Wait, Jan, I don't interrupt you, so please give me the same respect that I've given you, which has taken enormous restraint. I haven't interrupted part. you, Anna. I, I, haven't, I haven't interrupted you. All right, you. great. Then let, me, then let me finish my thought, because I can actually keep my train of thought. Uh, one of the things he did today, by the way, was also come after and attack the senior senator from Arizona, who is battling brain cancer right now. I find that offensive, not only as a friend of John McCain's, but as an American. I find it offensive as a human with empathy. I find it offensive for my friend Cindy and Megan McCain. I find it unacceptable. And if anybody is going to ask me to respect Donald Trump because he's president, first I would say to them, tell him to
to respect the presidency. Mm -hmm. Tell him to respect the American people. Tell him to treat his office with the dignity that it deserves. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny than you hold him. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny when it comes to rhetoric than you hold him. He is the one that is dividing us. It is not us. Believe me, I got over Jeb Bush years ago, okay? He ran a terrible campaign. If you think this is sour grapes over Jeb Bush, you are sorely mistaken. This is pain over what is happening in the United States of America, a country that embraced me and that is today my homeland.
All righty. GOP Senator Savage's Savage. Savage's Trump for lack of stability. Yeah. All righty. Okay. GOP Senator Bob Corker. Trump hasn't demonstrated stability or competence. (laughs) There. Well, of course, the senator was an early supporter of Trump. He is Trump is a nut. (laughs) Okay. He's stability or competence. Okay. Senator Bob Corker of Texas, Republican, uh, offered some blunt comments about President Donald Trump on Thursday in the wake of the president's widely criticized response to the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, over the last weekend. Okay, and I'm quoting him here. He's saying, okay, the president, Donald Trump, the president has not yet been able to demonstrate stability nor some of the competence that he needs to demonstrate in order to be successful. And we need for him to be successful. Our nation needs for him to be successful. He's right. I I never, ever wanted Donald Trump to fail. A lot of Republicans out there saying that the Democrats want Donald Trump to fail. Even some Republicans want Donald Trump to fail. Independence. None of us wanted Donald Trump to fail because Don, if Donald Trump fails, that means America fails. We don't want our president to fail. We want our president to be successful. But Donald Trump has been a cluck. He has been one big failure. He hasn't gotten anything legislative through Congress. All the things that he's done uh, for America so far has hurt America. And everything he's done so far has been through executive order, nothing legislative, something he he can just write down on a book or something and and it takes place. Uh, He has, he has been a complete failure, Donald Trump, and he's an asshole and he should be impeached and then kicked out. Okay, quoting again, he also has recently not demonstrated that he understands the character of the of this nation. Donald Trump doesn't know how to govern. He's, he doesn't know how to lead. Donald Trump is in the White House for one thing, and that's to make money uh, to enhance his brand. He doesn't give a damn about the American public. He doesn't give a damn about America as a whole. He'll try to pretend that he does, like he um, saying that the 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 monuments, the historical monuments around the United States, uh, in, um, uh, should not be uh, taken down, ripped down. When other people are saying, even governors and uh, mayors saying that they should be. Donald Trump's words does not hold water. He has not demonstrated that he understands what uh, this country, this great nation, what made it, how great it is today. Donald Trump doesn't understand anything about history, the American history. He doesn't understand what anything about how this country became great, how we had so many, so many uh, monumental problems of the past. You don't know, understand how they were reconciled and, and, and we became the country that we have become. 
the, at one time, the United States was revered all around the world. Now, with Donald Trump, we've sunk, we've sunk down to the sewer. Our status has been lessened because of Donald Trump. He's an embarrassment, as Anna was alluding to. He is a total embarrassment. He goes overseas. He meets with the world leaders. It's just an embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. I remember that G20 uh, summit that he was at where he bowled his, uh, you know, bullied his way to the front of the line like a kid in the lunchroom. This is crazy. Bullied his way to the front of the line. And that went viral. It went all around the world. And Donald Trump has yet to say anything about that. I'm pretty sure he think we've forgotten because he is the king of distraction. He is the king of distraction, but he cannot distract this. This guy is is a mess. He not be president. He doesn't have the cojones to be president. He's powered in chief. Uh, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's bringing this nation down. He's a flat-out racist, admitted racist. Um, in the White House, naming Steve Bannon, uh, Corker. Okay, in an early, he this guy Corker, Bob Corker, was an early Trump ally. He added that he hoped the president would do some self-reflection. And, and there's a lot of different, uh, Republicans who are saying that Donald Trump has to apologize. He has to step up. He has to do something. But they're not saying that they're going to get rid of him. Donald Trump is going to be Donald Trump. The first uh, public uh, speech he gave that he was reading from a teleprompter, that was not Donald Trump. Talking about um, America's greatness, and uh, that was Donald Trump. The second one, that was Donald Trump. Saying basically, you guys are you guys are haters. I mean, you guys are racist, but you guys put me in office, so nobody's gonna bother you. They got they're not gonna touch you. White supremacists, I love all of you. I mean, it's it's Donald Trump, I think, was about to do a rally and in a city in America, and the, the mayor called and said, Donald Trump, stay away. Yeah. Closed captioning brought to you by InventHelp. Call 1-800-900-0202. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think of... This is Chicago's finest internet radio show. Making a world a better place. You know, folks, it, it's just something when you think you're on the air and you're not on the air, right? Uh, so if I, so if there's been any dead air or space out there, I'm sorry for that because uh, sometimes you're on these computers and they do not work right, and you think everything looks great in front of me, 
But when I try to, you know, do a clip or something, it doesn't sound. And then I know that something is totally wrong. So I was talking about if you didn't hear it, I was talking about Donald Trump. Of course, everybody's talking about Donald Trump. Let's try this again. Closed captioning brought to you by InventHelp. Call 1-800-900-0202. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now for free information. This is GPS, the global public square. Welcome to all of you in the United States and around the world. I'm Fareed Zakaria coming to you live from New York. Sick and the poor to the top 1%. It follows in the footsteps of the Trump-Ryan health care bill, which gives huge tax breaks to the wealthiest few. Today, the president will release his full budget for fiscal year 2018. From all indications, the Trump budget will seek deep cuts to programs that help the middle class and working America while providing more handouts for the rich. It will cut to the bone programs that help the elderly, the poor, while adding money for an unnecessary, ineffective border wall that continues to have bipartisan opposition. And to make all of the math work, the Trump budget makes entirely unfounded assumptions about economic growth. In short, the Trump budget takes a sledgehammer to the middle class and the working poor, lavishes tax breaks on the wealthy, and imagines all of the deficit problems away with fantasy math. They don't want to get rid of him either. The Trump budget exists somewhere over the rainbow where the dreams of Mick Mulvaney, Paul Ryan, and the Koch brothers really do come true. They don't want to get rid of him. Of course, these dreams are a nightmare for the average working American. We expect the Trump budget will make deep cuts to the National Institute of Health and Centers for Disease Control. Let me ask, how many people in America want to cut cancer research when it's done such good? Well, President Trump evidently does. It's his budget. They kneecap research that develops new cures, damaging our ability to contain or prevent the outbreak of disease. We're all living longer and healthier, in part because of this research. We want to stop it, cut it back. So we can give tax breaks to wealthy people who, God bless them, are doing great already. We expect the Trump budget will gash programs like Meals on Wheels. I even read in the paper this morning that the head of the Freedom Caucus said that even for him, some of these cuts were too great. The SNAP benefits, helping, making sure no kid goes to bed hungry in America. This is America. We've always done this. And the Children's Health Insurance Program, cruelly ripping away the lifelines from Americans who need the most, the children, the working poor, the elderly. We expect the Trump budget will cut transportation funding, education funding, and programs that help students repay their student loan debt. One of the great problems in America, the debt on the backs, the burden, of average kids getting out of college, middle-class kids. We're going to make it harder? What is going on here? What is going on in the White House with this kind of budget? Our college kids, when they get out, 
they need to be able to live real good lives and not have this burden of debt on their shoulders, which they're struggling under now, and we're going to make it worse. We also, this is amazing, but true, the Trump budget will break President Trump's promise to protect Social Security and Medicaid from cuts, both of them. He promised over and over again he wouldn't cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Medicare is not cut here, but Medicaid is and Social Security is. On Social Security, the budget will cut Social Security disability benefits to many Americans who have earned them and paid for those benefits. And you can say, well, doesn't cut old age benefits for the elderly. Wait. If they get away with this, the elderly will be next on the chopping block. Because the goal, it seems, of this budget is cut everything you can so you can give even more tax breaks to the wealthiest people. The Koch brothers type of thinking. It will also seek hundreds of billions of dollars, additional cuts in Medicaid. The budget cuts Medicaid on top of the cuts that were made in the House bill of Trump care. And what will that do? Medicaid has become a middle class program. Sixty percent of the people in nursing homes. Medicaid funds it. What are we going to tell a couple with three kids, say they're 40 or 45, they have three kids, they're saving for college, they're struggling, but at least they know that mom or dad who needs help is in a nursing home. This budget passes, that family is going to have a terrible choice. Take hundreds of dollars a month out of their own budget and give it to pay for the nursing home or find a place for mom and dad to live, maybe at home, but maybe there's no room in the house. Awful. That's what they're doing. <clears throat> and who else will it hurt? Opioid addiction. Much of, our pro, pro, much of our progress that we're trying to make on opioid addiction comes through Medicaid. Because they give treatment. We need both law enforcement. I'm a tough law enforcement guy. You know that. But we also need treatment. I've had fathers cry in my arms because their son their sons, in this case it was both sons, were waiting online for treatment and died of an overdose. What a burden a parent has to live with. We should cut that and cut it to give more tax breaks to the rich. It's in America turned upside down this budget. And how about rural areas? You know, I represent New York State. It's known for its big city, New York City. We have other great cities upstate. But we also have the third largest rural population in America. So I'm very familiar with rural America. In many of my counties, in upstate New York, and this is true throughout rural counties, throughout America, the largest employer is the rural hospital. And that hospital is the only hospital around for miles and miles and miles if, God forbid, you have a stroke and you've got to be rushed there to make yourself, get yourself better. Well, go talk to our rural hospitals, these rural hospitals, which are the beating heart of our local economy, employing hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people. Well, nearly one in three rural hospitals today are at risk of closure. It's more expensive to run a rural hospital. People in rural areas are entitled to the same health care, so that means buying all these fancy machines. In an urban area, those machines can run 24-7 and get the reimbursement back. But in a rural area, they can't. There's not that many people. 
but they get some help. The Trump cuts to Medicaid would cause a whole bunch of these rural hospitals to close and many more to lay off employees, hurting health care in rural America and hurting jobs in rural America, places that need help. The Trump budget, on top of Trump care, seek, which seeks more than $800 billion in cuts to Medicaid, would decimate health care options for rural Americans and pull the plug on many of these rural hospitals. And some of my colleagues will be talking more about that this, this morning. When you add all of it up, Mr. President, when you add all of it up, the Trump budget is comic book villain bad. And just like comic books, it relies on a fantasy to make all the numbers work. It's the kind of budget you might expect from someone who is openly rooting for a government shutdown. Haven't we heard the president say that? It's the latest example of the president breaking his promises to working Americans. This budget breaks promise after promise after promise that the president made to the, what he called the forgotten America, the working men and women of America. And he said he'd help them, and this budget goes directly against them. In a speech to Congress, for instance, earlier this year, the president called education, quote, the civil rights issue of our time, but his budget guts vital school programs, our future, our kids. He said, quote, cures to illness have always been plagued, have always, sorry, he said, quote, this is the president's quote, cures to illnesses that have always plagued us are not too much, are not too much to hope, quote, but his budget slashes funding for NIH and CDC, where they do this research. And he said, quote, save Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security without cuts. Have to do it, unquote. But his budget would cut Social Security disability insurance and end Medicaid as we know it. The Trump budget is one giant, brazen, broken promise to the working men and women of America. It completely abandons them. Fundamentally, this is a deeply unserious proposal that should roundly be rejected by both parties here in Congress. I'm optimistic that that's what will happen. We should follow the same blueprint we did in the... All right, thank you, Chuck Schumer, on the George Wilder Jr. show. And I want to say that we should not have any white supremacists white nationalists, KKK, neo-Nazis in the White House. It appears that is what we're having, what we have, excuse me. And it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. So people should flood Congress with calls demanding that this fake president fire all of those folks around the White House that are associated with these kinds of groups. And there is no doubt about it. They are. They are. They are. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is everywhere. Anyway, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We have about 30 more minutes left, in, left into the show, folks. So um, hate has no home here. Be nice to one another out there. It's so easy. Collectively, we have the power to stand up to what is right, stand up to hate.
Tate has no home here and stand down to what is wrong. Lies and hate will not take over America. Donald Trump and his garbage way of governing will not take over uh, people. We the people, we will not let this clown do that. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's just heartbreaking to see where America is going. We all want Trump out. We all don't. We Everybody thinks he's incompetent and he's taking America down, and he is. However, it's the Republicans in Congress. They have the right to do something, and they will not do it. What has Trump what has Trump got on these Republicans? They're all saying that he's pathetic, but yet they will not do anything. They all know they all know that he's embarrassing the American people and he's he's embarrassing to America. But they will not do anything. What has Trump got on these Republicans? And, and another thing, I think Donald Trump is afraid to fire Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon knows too much. He knows too much. If Trump fires Bannon, Bannon's going to go back to that bright bark paper of his and spill the beans on Donald Trump. And it, 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 it's going to be a farce. It's going to come out sooner or later, Donald Trump, that you're an ass, but but that's already known. But what does Bright I mean what does Steve Bannon have on Donald Trump? Obviously something. And I'm hearing that actually Steve Bannon is actually running the country, not Donald Trump. That may there may be some merit to that because there's reports going on to that effect. You know, so where have we come? This world is it's just, it really has. During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her critic, critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She is the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized. But Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But 
I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who, honest to God, believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. That's what you Mr. President. Senator from California. Senator Carper, it's interesting. You talked about Tanzania. Um, it reminds me of a, a greeting that I've um, often heard from people who live in various African countries. You've probably heard it. But when you meet someone for the first time, instead of what we would normally say, pleased to meet you, the greeting back is, I see you. I see you. And I think that really is part of our concern here. Do we see the people who will be impacted in the way that they are actually living their lives? And do we understand, if we see them, that this bill will not be in their best interests? And right now, for example, we know 13 senators, all Republicans are crafting a bill, and this bill would restructure our nation's entire health care system, which when you add up what Americans can spend on hospitals, doctors, prescription drugs, and all the rest, we understand that it makes up one-sixth of our economy. It would affect the lives of everyone, our parents, grandparents, those who are in need of caregiving, our children struggling with asthma or opioid abuse, our spouses who may be battling cancer. And what is equally distressing is that this bill is being written in secret. The chairman of the Finance Committee says he has not seen the bill. The Secretary of Health and Human Services says he has not seen the bill. The American people, the people we all represent, have certainly not seen the bill. Well, I think the American people deserve better. This bill is being written entirely along partisan lines without any attempt to bring Democrats on board. And the American people deserve better. This bill is being written and rushed through the Senate with hardly any time to debate the cost or the details of this proposal. And the American people deserve better. Now I remember when our colleagues across the aisle said the Affordable Care Act was being rammed down the American people's throats in the middle of the night. Well, the ACA went, in fact, through 106 public hearings. It incorporated more than 170 Republican amendments. The whole process took an entire year. But this health care plan involves no hearings, 
no bill text, and no transparency at all. As United States Senators, we were sent here to represent the American people, represent the American people. We answer to the American people. So why are my colleagues from across the aisle trying to put one over on the American people? I've met folks all across California and this country, and they see what's happening. They know that if this bill were as wonderful as its proponents would like us to believe, it would be out in the open. The American people deserve greater transparency. But even though the authors of this proposal have tried to conceal the details of their plan, we know enough to know this bill would be nothing short of a disaster. We know because we've been told that it's about 80% the same as the bill that was passed by the House, a bill so catastrophic that even the President of the United States, who hailed its passage, now calls it, quote, mean. We know that it would throw 23 million Americans off their health insurance within a decade, including putting four to five million Californians at risk of losing coverage. We know it would raise costs for middle-class families and seniors. In every county of California, average monthly premium costs would go up while financial support to pay premiums would fall. We know it would put Americans with pre-existing conditions at risk and leave people who need maternity care or opioid treatment without coverage or force them to pay huge out-of-pocket costs. We know it would cut about $834 billion for Medicaid, which means less money for families to pay for nursing homes, to support children with special needs, or to treat substance abuse. <coughs> Bless you. And that is another reason we need the Affordable Care Act <laughs> to be in place in a way that we fix oh, what's wrong, but we baby. mend what's broken and not repeal it all together. I recently visited, Mr. President, a really remarkable treatment clinic in Los Angeles. It's called the Martin Luther King Jr. Outpatient Center. Everyone from the doctors to the patients can tell you that when 46,000 Californians excuse me, 4,600 Californians are dying every year from substance abuse and opioid overdoses. It is wrong and irrational to cut Medicaid. So it really makes you wonder, why would anyone support this bill? How does this bill help real people with real challenges? At a healthcare rally in Los Angeles back in January, I met a woman named Tanya. Before the ACA, She'd sign up for insurance just long enough to see a doctor. She'd then have a few tests done and fill a prescription. Then she would realize she couldn't, couldn't pay and couldn't afford to pay for the insurance beyond that. And she said it's, quote, the worst feeling in the world to have to tell your doctor who is trying to make you well that you cannot afford the treatment prescribed. Tanya told me, quote, before the Affordable Care Act, Living without health coverage was a nightmare in this country. But she went on to say that has all changed. And thanks to the ACA, I can now see a doctor when I need to, monitor my condition, and stay healthy so I can keep working and contribute to our nation's economy. If my 
colleagues in Congress, and she referred to them as, if the Republicans in Congress repeal the law, I don't know what I will do. So I ask, how does the Republican health care plan help Tanya? Another woman, Krista, told me, quote, I am married with four children, none of whom, and one of whom is a 10-year-old type 1 diabetic. He requires daily active insulin management to stay alive, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She went on to say health care is not optional for us. Even with health insurance, diabetes management is the type of thing that can bankrupt you. With health insurance, I can't imagine what I would do. She went on to say the ACA is a huge relief for my family. So I ask, how does this bill help Krista and her family? Then there's Rhett in Marin County. More than seven years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Rhett is nine years old. He says, cancer cells are the bad guys. This is what he wrote me. For three and a half years, I took chemo to get the bad guys out. I had more than 1,000 doses of chemotherapy. Yeah, he's the, my he's parents had to tell my sister violence. that I might die of cancer. And then he went on to write, thanks to my doctors and nurses, my family and friends, my church and my community, and the Affordable Care Act. Now I'm, and then he writes, gone with the <laughs> All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Like I said before, folks, at the beginning of this episode, we have no guest. <laughs> Maybe that was a booking mistake, booking mistake if, if, if possible, but we do have a whole slate of guests uh, scheduled to appear next um, week. Okay, Trump defends beautiful Confederate statues. Those are Trump's words, beautiful Confederate statues. Most of the GOP in Congress, they want the, uh, they, they're okay with the statues being taken down because it signifies, it signifies slavery and the Civil War, but not Trump, <laughs> not Trump. Most people around the country want him down, but not Trump, not Trump. And by him saying beautiful Confederate statues, folks, there is no doubt in hell, Trump is trying to incite more hatred, more violence. He's saying, he's saying to his supporters, hey, wow, stop them from tearing down those statues. Even if, even if it's the government of that city or state that wants that statue taken down. He's inflaming more violence. He's inflaming more things to happen. But just by saying beautiful, beautiful Confederate statues, he's inflaming more violence. When are they going to wake up? When are they going to wake up in Congress and throw this man out on his ass? This is just horrible. As long as Donald Trump is in office, the president of the United States, he's just ruined that office. He's ruined the executive office. Uh, people are walking out on him, quitting like 
in droves because they don't want to work for this guy. Business councils are uh, walk, have walked out on this guy. Now he has um, uh, dismantled the infrastructure council in Washington. These people are responsible for fixing roads and bridges, tunnels, you know, he has uh, dismantled that. I, why? This guy needs to be thrown out. He's wrecking the United States. He is just a... Uh, even House Republicans call for taking Confederate monuments off pedestals. Donald Trump, he doesn't like it. He's saying these are beautiful statues. And he doesn't really know what the hell he's talking about. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. You can tell by the way he says it that he doesn't really know uh, about what uh, these statues stand for. Somebody probably told him. You know, I'm pretty sure somebody around him told him the meaning of those statues, why they're there. Because Donald Trump don't have any historical uh, background in anything except for groping women probably. You know, so um, it, it's just horrible. I want to recap something, folks. Barcelona, Spain, van driver rams into a crowd of people. One person dies. ISIS claims responsibility. Ah, will it ever stop? Will the hate, uh, the killings, the murders, the senselessness, will it, will it ever stop? No. No. I guess everybody just have to be on our guard. We're not safe anywhere. There's no safe place in El in Illinois or around the world anywhere. When we walk out the door, there may be you and I may not be coming back home. I mean, you're taking a chance just walking out the door, going to the corner store or getting in your car, car and driving. I mean, you're taking a chance. You never know what's going to um, meet you out there, you know. So it, it's just it's just a mean, horrible world. And the George Wilder Jr. show is about making the world a better place. That's what it's always going to be about. No matter how daunting of a job it may seem, and it is daunting. I mean, we have a president in office right now. He's a racist, a pig. He's just pathetic, and he keeps on uh, being pathetic. Donald Trump cannot stop being a pathetical person. He can't help it. That's how, that's how he is. That's what he is. And now a lot of the Republicans who have helped propel this guy to the highest office in the world, they are having second, second and third thoughts about him. You think? You think? Wow. Every day there's something coming out of the White House. Now, an hour from now, maybe tomorrow, there's going to be something new coming from out of the White House. There always is. You can't, you can't really put your, you can't really wrap around one scandal before there's another one. <laughs> and then there's another one after that. And another one after that. This is the worst White House this is the worst president in the history 
of the world. I was going to say the country <laughs> of the United States, but the history of the world. I mean, this guy is just yucky. You know, he doesn't think so. You know, Trump, it's all about Trump. Everything is about Trump. It's about how he looks. It's about how much money. He's still making money from his businesses. And according to the Constitution, that's illegal. But the Republicans are letting him do it. You know, breaking the rules of the Constitution. I think just by breaking the rules of the Constitution, he should be arrested and locked up and take and hauled off to jail just by breaking uh, the laws of the Constitution. But, you know, like I said before, the Republicans control the House and the Senate and they refuse to do anything. And everybody, uh, we're hollering and screaming at these Republicans to do something. Take our country away from this fool. He's president by mistake. He's a fake president. He's not a real president. He's not a real human being. And <laughs> we just have to take our country back from this guy. I mean, I don't think he's going to last. It's one, I mean, it's one writer. It's a writer out there. I can't think of his name. But he wrote a book about Trump called The Art of the Deal. And he is saying that Trump is going to resign, that Trump is about to resign. He actually, this is the same guy who actually predicted that Trump would win the election. So that came uh, to be true. Uh, now he's saying Trump is getting ready to resign. I don't know how true that is, uh, but it he's, everybody is uh, reading it and they're looking at his article that he has written about um, Trump resigning. Well, that remains to be seen. That would be one of the greatest things things in America is for Trump to get out of that office because he doesn't he doesn't belong there. I believe on one it was reported uh, one weekend when Trump was playing golf that he actually called that he actually called the White House a dump. He denied it, but calling the White House a dump that's Trump. I mean that's something that you feel or know that Trump would say, even if you didn't hear him say it, because that's the kind of person Trump is, calling the White House a dump. If, if he's going to call the White House a dump, he just might, why don't he just leave? If he, if he feels that, that it's a dump, some people are saying, well, it's a dump because he made it a dump. But he did deny emphatically that uh, he didn't say it. Of course, we weren't there to we weren't there to witness him saying it. I don't I don't think the press had witnessed him saying it. It was just a friend of a friend of his or someone overheard him allegedly say it. And then it caught on with the press that the White House was a dump. And everybody believed he said it because this is Trump's MO. This is the kind of person he is. This is something that he would say. So we all believed it, but he denied it. Uh, but I think he's lying, lying because I really do think Trump did say it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We got about ten more minutes left into the show. It's been fun. It's been great. It's been beautiful. And I'll see what we got coming up next. Okay. <laughs> All right, check out um, 
um, check me out on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. I'm all over the place. I'm on Google. I'm on Amazon.com. Yeah, got some. I got some uh, books and stories up there. You should enjoy those. Check that out, www.amazon.com uh, slash author slash G Wilder. I mean, this is just, and I think we do have something in the advertising genre. Let's see if we can go down. Oh, Anna. <laughs> Anna Navarro. Uh, she's uh, all over the place and. One of the things I like about Anna Navarro, and you've heard a, you heard her uh, at the beginning of the show, some uh, a little bit after the beginning of the show. She is just she's a Republican strategist, and she says what is on her mind. That's why so many people love her. She says she's she is she doesn't hold back her feelings. And majority of her feelings are the same as what we feel all over this country. All over this country is 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 what we feel about Donald Trump because we feel that this guy is just taking he is just taking um this country down into the sewer. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. friends and fans this is george wilder jr of the george wilder jr show <laughs> i want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on amazon and elsewhere uh the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash g wilder or go to the amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book a story essays, novels, novelettes, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. do. And I want to thank you very much. I don't want to do it. And as always, <laughs> good reading. This is George Wilder uh, Jr. And keep listening. Get There's off. always Get off. more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago. I'm on the north side of the city. And this is, folks, this is a great city. Believe me. I mean, you hear a lot of things coming out of Chicago. Yeah, some of it's true. <laughs> but uh, don't let that darken your spirits. And people will come to me and say, George, why are you still in Chicago? What's wrong with you? I love Chicago. I'm going to stay here. And, and if this city needs, um, uh, needs help, I'm going to be here to help. 
I mean, there's so many people leaving Chicago, the state of Illinois, and I know why, the crime, the taxes. Yeah, that's a bummer. But, you know, I'm a fighter. I, I, I don't believe in packing up and just running. You know, I'm going to stay here and fight for the things we need to, to fight for school funding, fight for better jobs, fight for better pay, fight the powers that be who step on uh, poor people and working people just because they're rich and we're not. I stay here because I'm a fighter. You know, if there's a problem, I don't run from it. I don't try to get, run from it, anything. Crime, uh, hey, I'm out there. I'm out here too fighting for crime. I have a microphone and I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it in a positive manner, you know. And um, that's what it is. I, I'm not going to... Uh, pack up and leave, uh, you know, leave my friends behind, my family behind here and uh, go somewhere where it's safe when they may be here, <laughs> get their heads blown off. It ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, I have a like I said, I have a microphone. I mean, I have a great reach and um, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm staying here. And I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight the good fight as I've always done, you know, and um that's me, and I love Chicago, but it is very expensive to live here, folks. I mean, if you come into Chicago to live, make sure you pack some cash because it is totally, totally expensive. You know, a lot of people have been priced out. Believe me. Oh, I can't pay. I, I just, I got to go, you know. Uh, a lot of people have been priced out, but it's a beautiful city if you can afford it, Um. It's a great place to live, especially on the north side near the lake, you know. I mean, most of the crime that takes place in the city of Chicago, I've been saying this for years, crime could happen anywhere at any time to anyone, and that's true. But the majority of the crime that happens in the city of Chicago is on the um, west and south sides of the city, you know, it's, and where the deep poverty is. Now, now, uh, just because it's the west side of, side of the city and the south side of the city, a lot of those uh, communities aren't full filled with crime. Certain pockets uh, of uh, communities on the south and west sides uh, in deep poverty, that's where basically um, a, a lot of the crime takes place. But as I've always said, as, as I've always said, crime could happen to anybody anywhere. So just because you're on a south side of the city or you're in a safe neighborhood doesn't mean that crime will not come knocking at your door. You just have to kind of thank your lucky stars that um, that you're able to keep your kids safe, yourself safe, and to enlighten other people on how to keep themselves safe. But Chicago is a beautiful city. It's a beautiful town, and I'm proud to be here. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns. 
WTTTY, not witty. We'll be back on Monday. Monday. Take care, everybody. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Bye bye.